Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Colin, how can I help you? Hey, Jim. I am doing a bathroom remodel by myself. I'm fairly handy, but there's some things when it comes to water that I get a little nervous about. Okay. Um... I guess my biggest issue is we've got a, a house built in 97 that had a custom uh, bathtub and shower, and we ripped that all out. The shower was, a, I guess, a manufactured granite of some kind, um, so it's not a standard size that we can just put a pan in. And from my understanding, I need to do a pan liner and then maybe even pour a slab of some kind to get the water to drain the right way. I don't know which order to do those in. Do I put the liner in first, or do I pour the concrete first? Well, if you're going to do a a uh, mortar-type uh, shower pan that way, you'll first pour the mortar in and build a slope going to your drain. Then you'll put the rubber shower pan in, and then you top that with another layer of mortar. And the, and the reason you do it that way is the first layer of mortar gives you your slope for the the way the water can flow off the shower pan into the drain uh, because your drain sticks up and it has actually slices around that line up with that shower pan your floor drain will clamp down onto it and then your upper level is just to uh, give it a, another hard base there that your tile or whatever you're going to put on the floors would go on to Okay. Uh, next question is backer board. I've heard kind of bad things about hardy back because it's so porous and you have to seal it. And then I've seen other people use what some kind of completely impervious other material. I don't know what it's called. Um, is there anything up here in the DFW area that's not hardy board, or is that really the way to go as hardy board? Uh, that's the way I always go is with a concrete backer board. And I use the ones made by James Hardy. I mean, there are other manufacturers, uh, but uh, I, I like the density of the, the James Hardy. Some of the others are rather uh, loosely put together, but all of them are, are concrete backer boards are fine. The only thing that you're sealing is you do uh, tape and float the joints on it before you tile it, uh, but... Right. No, it it works just fine. Okay. Now, the bottom of the hardy board where it would meet the shower pan, does there need to be any kind of gap there? Or does the liner go behind the hardy board and I just seal that? The the liner goes the behind the, 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 yeah, the liner would go behind the, the hardy board. Okay. But then does the hardy board meet the pan, the, the second layer of pan directly, or is there some kind of spacing that needs to be there? No, there, does, there doesn't need to be any spacing. In fact, you can uh, put your two layers of mortar down and then put your uh, hardy on after that. Uh, okay. You can set it right down on the pan and you're fine. It, it won't hurt anything. All right. And I think I've got one last question if you've got time. If you don't mind, I'll um, let me take this quick break and I'll come right back to you. Colin, you had another question. Yes, my final question is, um, do the big box stores, the HD and the L places, the shower heads and the tile from them, are they just as good as going to a 
custom plumbing shop or tile place? No. Okay. The the plumbing parts that you get at uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, places like that versus going to a plumbing supply store, a lot of the parts inside will be plastic versus brass. Even though it may have the same part number, it's a different material. And so the, the their holdup is not as well. Now, tile, I mean, you can go to many different tile places and get different tiles. I personally go to floor and decor. Uh, that's just okay. where I like getting my stuff because I'm, they have it in stock, ready to go, and I don't have to wait, and they carry good stuff. Is the surplus, the second and surplus, is that worth a trip? Do you really save that much money to a place like that? You know, my experience, because I, I have gone, uh, my experience is you got to be very careful with what you get. Um, if I'm looking for something like uh, uh, an exterior door or something, they actually have some nice ones there. But when, I, when it comes to cabinets and uh, faucets and stuff, I have not been overly impressed. Okay. Thank you, Jim. You bet. Take care. Take care. And he says, Jim, during the last rainstorm, I found a window that is leaking quite a bit of water. I had water running down the wall. Do you have a name or the name of a company that can come out and seal or caulk around the outside of the window? The window is on the upper level. I just need someone with a tall ladder that can caulk the window. My home is three years old. The builder says my warranty has already expired. Well, technically, Gary, the warranty has expired. Uh, but really, all you need is not a window guy. You just need a painter. They typically do all the caulking and stuff. Now, when windows are installed, yes, it's the window installer who does it. But after the fact like this, typically just the painters. So just find any painter and uh, let them do it. One cautionary note. The reason it probably has already gone bad is builders are horrible about using five-year or ten-year type caulk rather than getting a 35 or a 50-year caulk. You're not going to get uh, 35 or 50 years out of those caulkings, but you know if you put a 50-year caulk on there, you'll probably get 20 out of it. You put a five or a 10, you're going to get three or four years. That's it. So that would be the switch I would make up when you get a, a painter to come out there. And if you need a painter, I mean, you're in Flower Mound. There's a Sherwin-Williams store right there on uh, 2499, right up by 1171. Stop in there, and they'll be able to give you a referral for a painter who can uh, take care of that for you. Let's head over to Fort Worth, and Dennis, how can I help you? I think it's Denise. Denise, I'm sorry. Yes, that's fine. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. I recently um, redid my mother-in-law's front door. She, it, the paint was bubbling, uh-huh. so I, I sanded the whole door down, put a nice kills on it, a couple coats of exterior paint, and looked beautiful. But the next day, the bubbles were back. How do I fix this? It, these bubbles are they peeling? No. If you, le- if you leave it, it, I'm sorry. Yeah, if you leave it, does does it look like the paint will start peeling on it? I mean, are they bigger? I, are they bigger? Or are they I, just tiny little spots? No, they're 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 kind of thumb 
They're bigger than, they, what they, the, okay. than what they were. How old a door is this? Hmm. I couldn't tell you. Maybe ten years. Maybe. Maybe the, more. The, the reason I'm asking is uh, there's certain there is a fungus that gets into certain types of wood. Uh, okay. Pine is is real bad about it, and it gets this fungus in. And when you put paint on it, the the paint blisters off, and so it'll okay. start with just the bubbles. And after that, it literally starts peeling off because the bubbles won't last on there. And honestly, it kind of sounds like that's what you may have. Now, so what did, need to get did you door. Yeah, sometimes. What? What did, did you primer it before you put the paint on? Yes, I put a peel, K I L Z. Okay. And a, and a probably one of the higher quality peels too, because. Um, you know, it's for exterior. Right. Water based, however, so. Okay. Then I hate, hate to say this, but I I think it sounds like you've got that fungus in there. Okay. And if that is the case, yeah, the uh, your choices would be to uh, replace it or just uh, sand the door down and go with natural wood. Okay. All right, because her... her trim around the door was also peeling paint so it sounds like maybe you're right about the fungus yeah okay well i appreciate yeah, and it. it and it's possible that it got into the because the trim around the door is more than likely pine and so it probably got into that first and then spread into the door okay well thank you so much all right sorry i couldn't tell you something better no, that's okay. Uh, it helps me out. appreciate it. Gene in Fort Worth, how can I help you? Hello, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm fixing to replace my patio doors. They're swinging doors, and they're a double. And uh, I'm interested in uh, either fiberglass wood or steel. I don't know which one would be better. And we want some that have blinds inside the glass. Any recommendations? Okay. Uh, you need somebody to put them in? Uh, no, I think I've got somebody to put them in. I'm just not sure what kind I should get. Okay. Um, and, and by kind, are you, are you talking about the brand, or are you just talking about, like, a metal versus fiberglass versus wood? Yes, yes, yes. Metal I, or fiberglass. Yeah. I personally like the metal-clad doors on outside doors like that. Uh, they, uh-huh. they hold the paint good. Uh, they look good, and they last a long time, as long as you keep them painted. Uh, and typically, they ha- they have that option for the blinds in the middle. So that's what I would take a look at. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. I had another email come in from Lisa in Galveston. They got a damp and musty odor in the bunk room. It says, we are four houses from the beach in Galveston. We completely redid our home five years ago. Our problem is in the ground level bunk room. It always feels damp and smells musty regardless of no leaks in new windows. We have a train split AC unit to cover 300 square foot of space and it works well. My question is, we've never been given a clear answer as to what setting to run 
the unit to get rid of the dampness. Is it just the AC or the dehumidifier? Hoping you can shed some light. Thanks so much. Well, it sounds like you got a, a uh, by having a train split AC, it sounds like you're saying you got a mini split in there. And it'll depend on the size of it. Uh, you know, 300 square feet, a one ton even is probably a little bit oversized because that's a very small space. And so the system is cycling on and off too fast. We're back to like a, that first discussion we had where the AC is not running long enough to pull the moisture out of the air. So it'll make it feel cold, but you feel clammy at the same time. In that situation, and many splits have a dehumidifier setting, you may want to consider using that setting uh, and, and see if that doesn't help to clear it up. The other question I would have asked if, if we were talking is, do you keep the system on all the time, even when you're not there? Because the mistake a lot of times people make is they shut the AC off or turn it way up. Again, to where the cycle's not happening, it's going to build moisture in there, and, and you're going to smell the dampness. So my first thing would be to, like I said, try to uh, see the size that you have, how, you know, what what's the tonnage of the unit, and then try the dehumidifier setting. If that doesn't work, uh, you obviously need to get the tech back out and let's see what's going on because if the system is sized properly and running it should keep it dehumidified and comfortable at the same time but again you got to have it running you can't just run it when you're going to the beach or something it needs to be on all the time in order to uh, satisfy what's going on down there so hopefully that uh, helps out with that problem Let's head to Victoria, and Alan, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. You I've got a 22-year-old home, and it's time to replace the roof. And if cost is not a big issue, what would you recommend going back with? What's the style of the house? Kind of a farm-style house. If I had a farm-style house, I would look at a metal roof. Okay. If cost wasn't an issue. Yeah. And I say that because metal roofs will typically cost you about 50% more than going with a traditional shingle-type roof. But they sure do look nice. They hold up well. Uh, they typically will outlast a, a, a shingle roof two to one. And check with your insurance company because a lot of times it will get you a discount on the insurance because uh, it won't burn. Okay. The little bit of research I've done, I'm finding that I'll have to go back after a number of years and tighten that roof. Is that true? Depending on the fa depending on the fasteners, yes. Yeah. But okay. it again, that depends on the fasteners used. Okay. And also that that metal roof is going to be almost as hot as a composition shingle roof on it. Absolutely. Okay. It's it, uh, it's not doing anything for temperature yeah, yeah. or anything like that. Now, some of the aluminum ones actually do help with the temperature a little bit. Well, that was going to be my uh, next question. Yeah, how about aluminum? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, and I do consider the metal uh, aluminum a metal type roof as well. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. But the bigger thing that the metal roof does, like I said, it outlasts shingles two to one right. and gives you a discount. Uh, and it's aesthetically what I just like aesthetically what the way yeah. metal roofs look. I live, um, I live under a canopy of oak trees. Is that going to be any kind of an issue? Oh, it'll it'll they'll build up on there and. Uh, you know, I'm like I said, I'm up at the deer lease here right now, and we got metal roofs on everything here, yeah. and that was one of the things we were doing this morning is cleaning those roofs off. So we just get up there with a uh, broom and knock everything off of them, and we spray some uh, wet and forget on it, right. and that takes care of any uh, mildews and stuff like that that tries to build up from having leaves on it. And right. cleans it up and makes it look good again. Okay, sounds good. Thanks and you'll lot. find when you know you're in Victoria. You'll find is that correct? No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm in Victoria. Yes. Okay. Well, you'll find that like if a hurricane comes in, that metal right. roof will typically hold up much better during a storm than the uh, shingles do as well. Yeah. Well, that that is an, uh, a thought that I need to consider. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of different types of, of uh, roofs out there that you can take a look at. Um, the reason shingle roofs are the basis that everything goes off of is the cost. Um, now, are they cheap? <laughs> Heck no. Nothing is cheap anymore, especially the way cost of everything's been going up. But the... It, it, when in the overall cost of roofing, it's typically the least expensive way to go, is with a shingle, asphalt shingle roof. Uh, but in the in the shingle roofs, they have upgrades on those as well, uh, to make them last longer and and things like that. Uh, you get into the metal roofs, then you get into the clay tile roofs and. Uh, slates and they even have some rubberized roofing materials and stuff like that all of that costs substantially more than a traditional asphalt shingle roof but majority of them there's a reason they cost more and there's also typically the fact that they last longer so it, it becomes one of those things that you know pay now or pay later uh, depending on how long you're going to stay in the house if you want to go with one of the upgraded type roofs. Let's head over to Memorial and Todd, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? Good. Hey, um, so I'm building my new house on a crawl space. And I did a vapor barrier, and then we did a concrete wash on top of it so we wouldn't ever tear the vapor barrier. And I sized one of the vents big enough to put a 24 inch square stainless steel like attic fan in so i could suck air across the um crawl space and not have stagnant air under there what's your thoughts on that i install cross crawl space fans all the time uh it's a critical part of maintaining the humidity levels and and stuff underneath a crawl space house now you've done a lot of it by you know encapsulating the underside with the plastic and everything but right. 
absolutely put, uh, putting a fan across there. Why is that not standard practice then? Well, man, don't tell them everything. I got to stay in business too. <laughs> so I, I do don't, you know, recommend putting that on a timer so I run some absolutely. hours a day. Yeah, well, what I typically buy is one that fits into a regular vent space in crawl space homes. So it's like right. 8 by 16 and yep, it has I, I a humidistat. Yeah, it Are has you? a humidistat. Okay. On it, as well as a uh, temperature sensor, and yep. either one of those can click it on. Gotcha. So I don't need to worry about putting on a timer running for five hours, nah. hours every day. Nope, nope. Just put a humidistat and uh, and uh, temperature sensors on it, and that'll be just fine. Perfect. Thank you for your help. You bet. You take care. Thanks. Bye. And he, he is a 100% right. Why that isn't standard practice to put fans underneath there is beyond me. Uh, they all try to do it with passive ventilation. And, you know, honestly, the passive ventilation works if you have enough openings. Problem is, everybody goes short on the openings all the time. Trent, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Good afternoon, Jim. Quick question for you. What is the best? and safest way to wash or clean stucco on the exterior of a house. house is about 10 years old. A light pressure washer. I mean, you can use any pressure washer you want. You just don't want to get it up too close where you're gouging into the stucco material with the, with the water pressure, because it will. Uh, and is this a true stucco, or is this an EFIS-type stucco? You know, that's a great question. I'm not sure I know how to answer it. Um, maybe is there a way to phrase the question for a layman? I might be able to interpret it properly. Sure. Um, a true stucco is put on in multi-layers of of uh, a cement-type product. A EFIS structure has styrofoam board, and then the stucco material is kind of sprayed onto it. And so when you tap on them, a true stucco one, it's hard, just like concrete, and, and you don't hear any solo, so hollow sound. Uh, when you tap on it, it's a solid sound. When you tap on the EFIS, it kind of sounds like you're uh, knocking on a hollow core door. Uh, thanks for explaining it to me. No, I think it's true stucco. There are some styrofoam pieces they use for some of the accents and corners and things like that. But, uh, oh, yeah, or, that's, or that's wolves, normal. If you want to call them. But it, it was true. I saw them put it on by hand and, and then go back and put the color over it. If, if, we're, if we're being careful with a pressure washer, is there anything that I would want to put in the mix or just plain water? Just plain water. And, uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass something else on to you. A true stucco siding that way does need to be painted periodically. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, and what kind of intervals do folks usually paint those? It's it's still looking really good. It's just got a couple of spots that are dirty or a little milky. Sure. Just clean it up, and you'll be fine with that. But uh, as far as painting, it's anywhere from 10 to 20 years. And okay. they make special paints that have elasticity to them for doing stucco. Because what you'll find is it's going to get hairline uh, cracks in it over time. 
in an elastic paint seals over all that so it, you don't get moisture going through it. Well, fantastic. I got, I got more than I bargained for this afternoon, Jim. I do appreciate it. And Not a problem. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.